0: What's up, what's up, basketball fans, and welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. And normally, of course, on my podcast, I talk about the L.A. area teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. But in this particular episode, of course, I must talk about the NBA Finals that just concluded with Milwaukee winning the series four games to two. Coming back from a 2-0 deficit, winning four straight games, and winning that last game, 105-98. to And the epic, epic performance by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let me say that name one more time. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I'm saying that to give this guy much, much props. As you all know, he's not one of my favorite basketball players. But again, I recognize talent when I see it. And as that song clip you just heard, Busting Loose by Chucky Brown, Giannis just busted loose. He made the NBA aware that he is here to stay and here to stay, especially with the Milwaukee Bucks. This guy could have uh, uh, became a free agent and walked away from small market Milwaukee and joined one of the super teams such as the Lakers or the Clippers or Miami or Chicago or New York Knicks. Or in other words, a large market team. But he decided to stay put, stay with the team that drafted him and win a championship with that team. So many, many kudos go out to Giannis. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the NBA Finals. And uh where the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns go from here. But before I do that, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's any medal at all this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook and I know you will too. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana one All right, all right, all right. Welcome back again to L.A. Courtside. So let me say this before I get started. Uh, I did mention that Giannis was not one of my favorite players. You know, in watching these games, even, even throughout the regular season and in the playoffs, of course, you know, you watch your, these games with friends and family. And they say, hey, L.A. Ray. You know, why don't you like Giannis? You know, he's a great player. You know, why don't you like the beard? James Harden. He's a great player. Now, it's nothing personal against any of these guys. I'm not crazy now. If I was to start a team, if someone gave me the money to start a basketball team and say you can pick five guys to be on your team that you own, the beard would probably be one of those five. Giannis would probably be one of those five it's just a matter of yeah something about their game i just don't like Giannis, for example Guy comes in with all elbows sharp elbows just he's like a bull in a china shop you know the guy's not a great jump shooter not a great free throw shooter even though he went 17 out of 19 in his last game here in game six surprised everybody 17 out of 19. Just something about his game that I just don't quite like. It's not as smooth as, say, other NBA players that I like, like a Kevin Durant or somebody like that. Be that as it may, the guy's a great player. It's just not one of my favorites. And the beard, I just don't like the beard. I don't like the beard in general, the beard itself. But the guy's a great player. You know, Don't don't get me wrong, the beard. The beard's a great player. And if I was to start a team, he would probably be the point guard, you know, I don't like that left-handed, uh, left-handed drive to the basket and how he pushes off with his right hand sometimes, which he does, by the way. But when you look at the stats, you know, James Harden, he ends up with a triple-double, and 30 points and 12 rebounds and 10 assists for those nets. So nothing personal against these guys. Again, you know, I know talent when I see it, and both of these guys are great players. But going back to Giannis, in that game six, again, the 105-98 to 98 victory over the Phoenix Suns, in which, again, Milwaukee came back from an 2 hole. This guy, Giannis, I'm speaking of, 16 out of 25 from the field. 16 out of 25. 17 out of 19, as I mentioned, from the free throw line. And he was one out of three on three-point shots, even. Ten rebounds. I'm sorry, 14 rebounds. Ten was defensive. He had five blocks, six turnovers. That's about the only thing he didn't do right in this game. Is he turned it over six times, six times? For the series, for the final series, he averaged thirty-five points a game, thirteen rebounds, something like five assists. You know, a steal, a couple of blocks. You know, we know about the epic block against DeAndre Ayton that he had. He had a block against Devin Booker. In this uh, game six and they just come at the right time. So, again, just like that music clip that I played by Chucky Brown busting loose, the Greek freak just busted loose on the NBA. and He sent a message that, hey, I'm here to stay. The Milwaukee Bucks are here to stay. And guess what? Free agents that may not have liked Milwaukee as a destination. Now that you look at this team. You know, upcoming free agents, would they want to come to small market Milwaukee and play and possibly get a chance to win a a championship? Giannis, I I wouldn't put it past Milwaukee and make it back to the NBA finals next year. The early, early returns from Vegas, they're already saying that the Brooklyn Nets are the favorites to go to the Eastern Conference finals and the NBA finals and then possibly win an NBA championship. That remains to be seen, of course. I like Milwaukee's chances. I mean, this team team is made up of players that know their roles. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, 17 points in this last game. Six out of 13 from the field. He's money. Money down the stretch. Chris Middleton. When they need a big basket in the fourth quarter, they don't go to Giannis pretty much. And again, this is nothing against Giannis. But Chris Middleton is a better shooter. And many times, more often than not, they're going to Chris Middleton down the stretch in order to make a, a, a tough basket. And Chris Middleton does that. And He and Giannis has been playing together for a while now in Milwaukee. And it was great to see those two at the end of that game uh, embracing each other and, and finally saying, hey, we did it. We did it. City of Milwaukee. We got it done. You know, they have uh, they added Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday. Was only 4 out of 19 in this game. Game 6. He did not have a great shooting night night at all. But what does he do? He plays stellar. Stellar defense. Stellar defense. Whether it's on Chris Paul or on Devin Booker. Devin Booker was only 8 out of 22 from the field. O of 7 from beyond the arc was Devin Booker. Scored 19 points but Devin Booker. Uh, Make no mistake, did not have a very good game at all. He was minus 15 in the plus-minus column. And I'll get to the uh, Phoenix Suns in a second as far as their team goes. And then the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, Budenholzer. You know, a lot of players thought that this guy was just not a good coach at all. He looks like he should be playing in a uh, hockey beer league or a softball beer league or something like that. But, hey, he made some adjustments during these playoffs and Milwaukee stepped up to the plate. They stepped up to the plate and got it done. One of the main criticisms I had of Coach Budenholzer was his use of the aforementioned Bobby Portis. Now, Bobby Portis, as you all recall in this series against Atlanta in game five, after Giannis hyperextended his left knee, Bobby Portis started in his place had a career-high 22 points, eight rebounds in that basketball game. He had been playing fairly well in the playoffs anyway up to that point. But there were some games where Portis got very, very limited minutes. Or there was a couple of games that I do believe he had a DMP, did not even play at all. And Bobby Portis, of course, is the a fan favorite of the Milwaukee Bucks fans. and But that's not the only reason why he's in there. He plays his role very, very well. He's in there for his hustle, his rebounding, and he can score. You see those shots, the three ball from the corner pocket. Bobby Portis can score in game six. Again, in the 105-98 victory over Phoenix, Bobby Portis was six out of ten from the field. Two of five from beyond the arc. The guy can play. He's a tough guy. Plays defense. You see the eyes on this guy <laughs> when he when he opens his eyes. They're like you can see all white. If you're driving in a car with him at night, you probably don't even need your headlights on. All you got to do is say, "Hey, Bobby, open your eyes and give us some light." I mean, that's intensity. Intensity. And the fans in Milwaukee, they just love it. Now, what's going to happen with Bobby Portis is Milwaukee's going to have to open up the checkbook because he has a player option for I believe somewhere around $3.5 million or something like that. He's going to get double that. Some team is going to pay him double that salary. He's going to opt out, and either Milwaukee is going to re-sign him for much more money than $3.5 million or some other team is going to swoop him up and sign him to somewhere around 7 to $10 million a year. He is definitely, definitely worth that. And then the rest of this Bucks team... You know, as far as what they need moving forward to improve this team, you know, maybe a, a, a backup point guard. You know, Jeff Teague is the actual guard, uh, backup point guard right now, but he gave very little in these playoffs. It might be time to move on from him. So maybe a backup point guard they can uh, use. They have they have shooters. Connerton, he can shoot, although in this particular game, now that I'm saying that, he did not score. But um, he just did not have a good shooting night. He only shot the ball four times and did not make any, but he can shoot the ball. So maybe they can go out and get a shooter in the free agent market. Uh, somebody like uh, Dougie McBuckets, although I would rather for him to go uh, go to a team like the LA Lakers, of course. But if Milwaukee wants to jump in the fray and go out and get a guy like that, uh, McBuckets, they can do that. So they have a lot of options. They have a lot of options on this team. You got guys like PJ Tucker, who who's similar to Bobby Portis. Just a tough, tough guy. He didn't score any points in this game either. But his presence on the court speaks volumes. He's a leader. He had six rebounds, uh, played 36 minutes, did not score. But they really don't need him to be a scorer. You know, he can get mop-up duty down low, get some rebounds, get some putbacks and things like that. But in this particular game, PJ Tucker didn't have to score any points at all for them to win this game. As you can see, Brooke Lopez, he was five out of 10. He can shoot the ball from the outside as well. He scored 10 points. So this team is very, very well put together. And I don't see any reason why they cannot make it back to the, at least the Eastern Conference Finals next year. A lot of people are saying that Milwaukee got lucky that they beat a Nets team that was depleted. You know, the beard, he was injured. Kyrie Irving was injured. And all they had was Kevin Durant. And then when they played Atlanta, unfortunately, Trey Young sprained his ankle and he was just not the same. Same can be said of the Phoenix Suns, who beat the L.A. Lakers without A.D. and then beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. But, hey, injuries are a part of the game. It's just the way it is. You can go back and cherry pick injuries uh, leading up to the finals in past years, and say, well, this team got lucky. Uh, you can go all the way back to when the Houston Rockets won the back-to-back championships when Jordan went off to play baseball. I said, oh, the Houston Rockets—they wouldn't have won if Michael Jordan was playing. Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know, will we? So I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to the uh, the injury excuse and all of that jazz. The Phoenix Suns, as far as I'm concerned, were the best team in the West. And the Milwaukee Bucks were the best team in the East. And they met each other in these finals. And Milwaukee came out on top. So that is what my thoughts are of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now let's turn to the Phoenix Suns. Now for the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> I chose this, I don't know if y'all remember this tune from back in the day by Fat Bat back called Backstrokin'. I kinda chose this tune to try to describe the Phoenix Suns and their epic, epic failure after going up 2-0 on the Milwaukee Bucks and then losing four straight games. The first time this year, by the way, that Phoenix has lost four straight games. In the first two games, they were doing everything right. These next four games or the next four games, they were backstroke, backstroking. They were backstroking. It seemed like all the things that they did well, they all of a sudden could not do well. Backstroking. Some of their young players and they don't get me wrong. Phoenix has a great young basketball team, your young team, with the exception of Chris Paul, of course. And I'll get to him in a second. Guys like Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker. The uh, uh, Cameron boys, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne, they have a pretty good young squad. And, you know, they'll they'll add a few pieces in the offseason, of course, to make their team better. But in this game, especially DeAndre Ayton, or in this series, <clears throat> excuse me, that dude, likely he had deer in the headlights look, man. He had deer in the headlights look. Like he just did not belong on the floor. In that game six, he was four of 12. I guess that's not too bad, six rebounds. But he was not as dominating as he was in, say, the first couple of games. And maybe not dominating is not a, a, a good word to describe it. But he played much, much better. He played much, much better, of course. And uh, and then, of course, against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, he played very, very well. Now, was this a case of Coach Monty Williams of Phoenix uh, going away from DeAndre Ayton and not giving him uh, as many touches as he received in prior games? That's possible. That could be some of it. You know, a lot of people thought Monty Williams was severely coaching Booting Holzer of Milwaukee. Well, it seemed like that kind of turned around in the last four games. But as far as Aiton is concerned, he's very, very young. I believe he's only 22, maybe 23, maybe. Guy looks like he's about 43, by the way. <laughs> really look, really old, older looking guy. But he's only like 22 years old. So his best basketball is definitely in front of him. And he's going to be uh, a whole lot better uh, down the line here. Mikael Bridges. He's also a guy, he played 39 minutes and only shot the ball seven times. It's only three out of seven. He also looked pretty much out of place in this game. He was minus 18 in the plus minus column in game six. I'm speaking of Bridges. Another young player, very, very good player from Villanova. Villanova typically sends uh, more mature players to the NBA, players that that can do many things well you know, versatile type players. And Bridges is one of those guys. He's going to get better. Devin Booker, who, in my opinion, is the star of this team. He has that Kobe-esque type game. And as you well know, Kobe Bryant was like a mentor to Devin Booker. And you can see some of Kobe Bryant in Devin Booker. I think the only difference between those two is uh, Kobe uh, uh quite naturally had more athletic ability than say Booker does. But Booker is definitely not afraid of the moment. Now in game six, however, he was only eight out of 22 from the field. Oh, of seven from beyond the arc. He was being harassed. My, my main concern about Booker is he, uh, he sometimes gets himself in trouble in the lane and, he, and it happened when, um, drew holiday stripped him of that ball in game five and then through the alley-oop to Giannis uh, to uh, put away that game. Sometimes he just drives, he drives in the lane and then he has nowhere to go. And then he's looking around, looking around and he may turn the ball over. He turned the ball over in game six, six times. He led Phoenix in turnovers. So as of now, that's really my only negative about Booker. And uh, that's part of his game that he needs to correct. Other than that, very very bright future very very bright future for devin booker chris paul he played well in this game 11 out of 19 from the uh, from the field one of two from beyond the arc he scored 26 points but for some reason in 39 minutes but for some reason it almost seemed like the points were kind of meaningless you know he hit some uh you know he hit some nice shots he hit that that elbow uh jumper from the free throw line or, or free throw line extended, as they say. Uh, you know, he hits that shot quite often, but just didn't seem like, you know, they were clutch type shots. And he did not have a good series at all. Now, as far as Chris Paul is concerned and coming back to Phoenix, he has a player option. And there's 44 million reasons why he's going to come back to Phoenix. So if anybody think Chris Paul is going to go someplace else, join some super team, you know, hey, Lakers need a, they can use a point guard, but they're not going to pay him $44 million. You know, Clippers, they're not going to pay him $44 million. No NBA team is going to pay him $44 million other than the Phoenix Suns. And that's because they're obligated to pay him $44 million. After the game, they were interviewing Chris Paul and a reporter asked him a question. I can't quite remember the question, but what she was hinting at, was whether or not he was going to retire and Chris Paul said, well, if you're insinuating that I'm going to retire, then the answer is no. And that's just quite obvious again, who's going to walk away from $44 million and the Phoenix Suns could have another run at it next year. They just need to tweak this team a little bit and they can find themselves right back in the Western conference finals and possibly the NBA finals. So Chris Paul is not going anywhere. And now one of these, one, one thing that kind of irritates me is with, with other fans, let's say, you know, I hear all the time, you know, Chris Paul, he's been in the league for 16 years. He deserves a championship. W- what does that mean? What, 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 does he deserves a championship? What does that mean? If that's the case, then uh, did Barkley deserve a championship? All the years that he played, didn't win one. Carmelo, Malone, John Stockton. They played a long time in the NBA, never won a championship. Do they deserve? Well, what does deserve mean? Are we just going to give the guy a championship because he, he was in the league for 16 years and, you know, he was a, he's an ambassador to the league, ambassador to the game, and so on and so forth. I get all that. No one deserves anything. You got to go out and win it. And Chris Paul did not play well. He played well in the game six. But overall, he did not play well in this series. Turn the ball over way too many times. He only had three turnovers in this particular game. But overall, you know, he was like a turnover machine. So nobody deserves anything. You have to go out and you have to win it. It's just it's just that simple. Now, the two Cameron brothers, Cameron, especially Cameron Johnson, I'm really, really surprised Monty Williams did not give him more playing time. I mean, his kid can shoot the ball. Now in this game, Again, it seems like every time I say someone can shoot the ball, then you look at the stat line and they had a poor shooting night. He was only one out of five from the field, but he only played 16 minutes. This guy should be getting more playing time, and I believe that's going to happen starting next year. Cameron Johnson can flat out shoot the ball. Really, really a smooth player. Cameron Payne, he's a very, very good player himself, but he only played 10 minutes. Four out of six from the field, 10 points. You know, it's almost like he's going to be the guard of the future. He's going to back up Chris Paul next year. But you might have your point guard of the future right there in uh, Cameron Payne. Jay Crowder, I don't foresee Jay Crowder going anywhere. He played 41 minutes. He plays his role. Tough guy. Gets a lot of rebounds. And he can score the ball from the outside as well. Four out of 11 from the field. Only two of nine from beyond the arc. But if you leave him open, you know, you're taking a chance on him hitting that shot. But he plays this role, and he plays it very, very well. So the starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns is intact. I I, I see the same starting lineup next year. Crowder, Bridges at the forward spot, Aiton at the center, Chris Paul playing point guard, and Devin Booker playing shooting guard. They just have to fortify their bench. I'm not a huge Frank Comiskey fan. You know, this guy was actually the uh, one-time college player of the year at Wisconsin, you know, years and years ago. He's, he's okay. It's he's just okay. He scores six points. You know, I guess it's a guy that you can have on your squad. You know, he's a, I don't know what he is, 6'11", 6'10", 6'11", something like that. He can come in and, and uh, eat up some minutes, you know, do a couple of things. But they can use uh, maybe a little bit more uh, toughness coming off the bench. You know, maybe some, uh, you know, some 6'10 guy who can just gobble up a bunch of rebounds when Crowder's on the bench. Seems like that's something that uh, Phoenix can go out and look for in the free agent market and or the NBA draft that's coming up next week. But this, the Phoenix Suns and their fans, that this is something that they will never forget. They have never won an NBA championship in their existence. And it, it's hard. It's hard, man. It is hard to close out a series. You're up 2-0. You're feeling good. Next thing you know, Giannis just goes crazy on you. Chris Middleton goes crazy on you. You know, Drew Holiday had the the one very, very good game where he went nuts on you. It's very hard. And I think the lack of maturity on the part of the Phoenix Suns, because they are so young, uh, was a detriment to them in this series. Now, next year, of course, they they have that experience. They've got that exposure now. They know what it's all about to be in the NBA Finals. And if they come back with this same team, which it looks like they will, maybe next year will be a different story because they will have that experience. They have that experience now in their belt. They know what it's like now. They know what it takes to win. Just because you're up 2 0 doesn't mean anything. I remember what Kobe Bryant uh, once said um, it's not over. Even the Greek freak said when they were up three games or two, the job's not done, the job's not complete. You know, if you're up 2 0, that doesn't mean anything. If you're up 3 0, doesn't mean anything. The chances of coming back from uh, 3-0 is very, very small. But anything can happen. Anything can happen in the NBA. So overall, it was a very, very good uh, series. Even though Milwaukee won four straight, a lot of people wanted to see a game, a game uh, seven. You know, see a game seven. But six games, six games is all it took. All it took for Milwaukee to overtake the Phoenix Suns. And another NBA season is in the books. So next up, we have the NBA draft that's coming up uh, next week, the draft. And, you know, both of these teams, of course, they will be picking at the bottom of the draft. I will be uh, talking about the draft in my next episode as far as the Lakers and the Clippers and what uh, both those teams need and what they may be looking for in a draft who may be uh, available Uh, at the end of the first round when it comes time for them to choose whoever they're going to choose in the draft. And, of course, I'll be talking a little free agency as uh, the free agent signing period comes up, I believe, uh, in the next couple of weeks or sometime in August. So with that, basketball fans, I'm going to leave right there. Again, thank you for listening to L.A. Courtside. And, again, this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and is sponsored by DraftKings.com. And wherever you, uh, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast, whether it's Apple or Google or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio, whatever platform you use, make sure you subscribe to L.A. Sas so you don't miss any ep- upcoming episodes. I would appreciate that. And also comment, rate, and review on whatever platform that you use. And with that, again, basketball fans, until the next episode, peace.